Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for July 30th of 2021. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHeads.com. Welcome back. Lots of things to talk about. We've had an expansion draft. We've had an entry draft. We've had free agency um, and some trades. So lots to get to. Uh, We'll do our best to keep it timely and get to everything. Uh, Last week we did not have a podcast and the Seattle Kraken have a team now. So we're going to briefly talk about that and then jump into all the free agency stuff. Uh, that's been going on in the last uh, five days or so. Um, so Seattle had their expansion draft, and they've gone through a little bit of free agency. What are your immediate thoughts about how they've done? Can't say they've done terribly. I think the big thing is that they've got a legit goaltender, and I think for any expansion team, that's probably the most important part of the roster so they've got some good bits floating in there and they've got some had no choice bits floating in there so it's a wait and see to be perfectly honest i don't know how you feel um so throughout this entire process uh you know their entire thing was going to be we're going to keep our our money down weaponize our cap space um, yada 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 and at the beginning of this process during the expansion draft they took a lot of like no offense to these players but a bunch of nobodies that nobody's ever heard of and people were like because there were a lot of names out there that they could have taken absolutely and didn't and I didn't necessarily disagree with them not taking that because if I did like a mock expansion draft thing just on my own mm. and i was at 80 million quick <laughs> taking like those kind <laughs> of players that people wanted them to take yeah so they kept that cost down but as the news kept trickling out like they didn't make any trades they didn't leverage that situation and and i understand that uh the league learned a little bit from the last expansion draft uh, but that, that's not to say that there was an opportunity for the Kraken to do more with the trading aspect of it. So I was a little disappointed at how that turned out. Um, what are they? The thing with the thing for me is it's like they've got 16 mil sitting there with their cap space at the moment, right? Which is a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I was expecting them to save their cap space to blow it in free agency if they weren't going to do it via the draft or via trading for players, right? So you get to this environment right now and you're going, okay, there's 16 mil short of being to the cap. I don't get why they didn't go make a splash somewhere and get someone like, I don't think the team's bad. You've had a couple of quality players in there and the team's good all of a sudden and but Pacific Division is not fantastic. They could have had a chance to have a crack to make the playoffs. I, th- I still think they can, but I think their lineup is way underwhelming compared to what it could be. And if the lineup wasn't great, I think they should have way more cap space than they do right now. Yeah, I guess I, my I suppose, problem yeah. is, first off, I thought they were prime candidate to make a splash and trade for Jack Eichel using that number two overall pick. Yep. I know I pushed that on Twitter a little bit. I cannot believe they actually like took the Michigan kid, Beneers or whatever. The Sabres would have taken number two overall in a, a little bit here and a little bit there. You, like, weaponize your cap space. Take Kyle Oposo from the Sabres or something like that. Yeah. Um, to weaponize your cap space that way. Um, I'm looking at their free agency moves, and I do not... Alex Wenberg at four and a half mil? What? Really? Yeah. Jaden Schwartz is okay player, but he's 29, and you signed him for one, two, three, four, five years at five and a half mil? 
Those aren't... That's not what I expected from the hires they made underneath Ron Francis. So the, the thing that I find interesting is that it almost feels like they went, we're going to take the number two pick. <clears throat> we're going to say we're not going to try to start being really good until we've got our number two pick in the league. And then we'll worry about it. It's like they've tried. I reckon they're going to try and use that as their excuse. But, but why should otherwise in Wenberg? Why? Why would you? They've got to fill the roster somewhere. They have to make the floor. They covered. The, I think. I. It's. I think they've used their cap space poorly, considering they were bragging about having lots of cap space to then, you know, weaponize it against the rest of the league. They didn't weaponize get, it for shit. No, that's right. Look, this roster is fine. But it's cost them a lot. They've got 16 mil left. What are you going to do? Like, say you do rope in Jack Eichel, who's playing on his wing? Emily and Schwartz? Am I seeing this right, that Jamie Alexiak gets $4.6 million for the next five years? Yeah. How the fuck did that happen? Because Dallas wanted to give him four, and they gave him an extra point six. Yeah, but then don't give him that go yeah, find somebody I'm else just saying just saying draft brendan Dillon. <laughs> yeah well um you know you they had some other defense options they could have drafted from how about marcus petterson instead of jamie alexia yeah stuff like that um I, some of these mid-tier contracts are adam larson at adam larson's fine but i don't know I'm underwhelmed. I'm disappointed. I thought they were going to really push the envelope and do some clever, creative things. And to this point, they're just another NHL team. I know they haven't played a game yet, but uh, and I'm not holding them to the the Vegas standard. Like Vegas making the final, that's that's not repeatable. I don't think. You that's know? nuts. It was nuts. And. Um, Seattle doesn't have to do that to be, have a successful start to their franchise. No. But I'm not seeing anything here that is great. Like, voluntarily taking Brandon Tanev from the Penguins for free. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, they wasted what? that whole effort of getting rid of that, but you know. That was crazy. Um, they do have Jared McCann. I, mean, I, don't know, which I do worry about to his next contract. Like, are they going to give him five and a half million for five years? It would make more sense the, than Wenberg, but... Who was the last expansion team before Vegas? I should know. <laughs> was it, like, Columbus, Minnesota? Something like that. Those That point you made about Jared McCann is kind of how it felt with those teams. They sort of... Got a whole bunch of, you know, mid-tier to just below mid-tier players, and then because they all work their ass off because they, you know, are just glad that they're still in the league or they want to, they've got a point to prove and stuff. And then instead of them walking on from those guys, they re-sign them at an overinflated value for what they're worth. McK- you're exactly right about McCann. He is one of those guys, and they've got a couple of them in there that could do the same too. And then all of a sudden, all that extra cap space you've got's vanished. And your roster hasn't markedly improved. So it's a good point you make about me, Ken, I reckon. Oh, I, and and let me be clear. I don't think we've had a podcast since uh, the Penguins traded him. Am I correct in that? Correct. What a fucking dumb trade. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just exposed Teddy Bluger. He's a fourth-line center. Now you don't have scoring wingers. Who's scoring the goals for Pittsburgh this year? Oh, the big three. Well, one of the big three's out. He'll come back. Well, they. What's the record gonna be when that happens? Uh, maintainable. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying <laughs> to keep. Being, I'm trying to keep like, a posi- I'm trying to keep a positive light here. A, a team that has cap issues has one of the best producing forwards, analytically, in the league. I believe goals above replacement had him second best in the league, so take that for what it's worth. I don't think he was the second best player in the league, but if a model is pumping him that far, he had a good season, is all I'm something saying. Something went right. Yeah, something went right. 
Um, and and to protect like Teddy Bluger, like who? I don't want to say who cares if you lose him. He's a, he's an effective fourth line center. He's the kind of fourth line center that would be on a contending team, in my opinion. But holy shit. Fourth line center is more replaceable than a scoring winger who can play up and down your lineup and, and even play center, center if you need him. Yeah. And by the way, Malkin's out. So like, the, the McCann thing really bothered me. I'm not going to dwell that was on the, it. it, it. That was the big argument we had. The big conversation we had pre-expansion draft was exactly the whole Malkin's out. You can slot him in at your third line or your second line center, depending on what happens with Carter's ability to play up the lineup. And you're okay. You can rotate anything through that fourth line if you want. Could have kept a player like Gaudreau. I know he moved on. But, like, there are options there um, to be had. And to lose that $2.9 million, um, as well as uh, Brandon Tanev's uh, $3.5 million, Ron Hextall said he did it for cap space. But then what do they do with it? And in my opinion, they did jack shit. Um, so I guess before we run down the, the UFAs, I suppose we'll do our, our bid on the Penguins uh, organically here. Um, so the Penguins in free agency, um, you know, lower level signings. Um, what I am going to say is individually, I don't have too much of a problem with the players but holistically as far as roster construction as far as what their limited cap was they're dying a death from a thousand paper cuts yep they're just paying a million here 2.7 there to players who are not going to move the needle on a team that needs a difference maker to come in and i understand the path to getting a difference maker wasn't going to be easy but that's you know the gig, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's, well put. That's, that's your job. So, you know, they signed Brock McGinn. I, that's the one out of the, the four uh, NHL-level uh, signings they made that I just... You get out of the Tanev jail for free, and you're just going to double down on paying a, a fourth-line tweener big money and I, I know 2.7 doesn't sound like big money but it is big money for for a lower level rostered player and 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 this isn't i think brock mcginn is not a bad player but it's one of those pk specialists he's you know not not really a goal scorer um is is that really what's gonna get the penguins on track to make a run again and not get bounced in the first round or, or God forbid, you know, not make the playoffs. Put it to you this way. Say they don't sign Brock McGinn, right? Their cap projected cap space pushes up close to five and a half, six mil. If they haven't got him signed. And I don't think not having him signed really hurts them all that significantly. At it all, gives them really. an, op- yeah, it gives them an opportunity to, to go elsewhere and fix up the goalie situation is the biggest part they need to fix. And we'll, well, we will talk about that. We, There's yeah. low hanging fruit to be had there. Don't worry, we will get there. Um, yeah, but it's just that that's the big thing with that's the death by a thousand paper cuts point though. Is you just chew on a mill here and a mill there, then all of a sudden a team that had no cap space has even less cap space. And how is the roster advanced forward in a particular? matter this team didn't lack toughness against the islanders they yeah, couldn't get a save they couldn't get a save when they needed to and i would argue there was opportunity to improve on last year's roster not at worst break even or even take a step back and i gotta tell you yesterday Super pissed off when I saw that Brandon Saad news. And I've never been, like, on that Brandon Saad bandwagon. Oh, hometown guy, got to get him to Pittsburgh. Um, This made sense at this juncture, though. And for him to go for, was it 
five years at four and a half million or something like that. I think like that's that. what it was. Come on. Yeah, you four and a half. Fucking give him that contract. I refuse to believe he wouldn't play in Pittsburgh. It's not like St. Louis's outlook is any better. No, that's right. Um. Yeah. Now, Brandon Saad is not, like, a super, like, difference maker. But he's a really good top nine, probably top six forward. Oh, and by the way, you just lost one in McCann because you handled the expansion draft like shit. Well, there's your replacement for McCann. They haven't replaced McCann. And I don't see a path to see how they're going to do that. Are they relying on Sam Poulin, Nate Laguerre, and uh, Philip Hollander? Boy, that's... Risky. That's bold. (laughs) (laughs) That is bold. I don't know if they are relying on that, but um, the the side contract is one of the few unrestricted free agent contracts that looks pretty good. It looked reachable for Pittsburgh. That's absolutely sure when you see it But it wasn't reachable after the McGinn... And that's why I don't, I hate that signing because you needed to get an offensive minded player because you lost offensive minded player and you lost it at a price point that you're not going to go out and be able to replace. It was such a misstep with where they are cap wise. And quite frankly, let's say Marcus Pedersen gets traded or, or god forbid mike matheson gets traded because the defense market's going bonkers <laughs> what options are still out there they let the market pass by yeah see you you're not wrong but the it's it's been gone right in regards to the market it always is but i think the only realistic place they had to go was the one you just mentioned was someone like Saad. like give me a a defenseman that would move the needle offensively for this team. A defenseman? Yeah. No, I, I, wouldn't, that... I wouldn't go that route, personally. Right, okay. So if, if that's the case, you know, Sard's kind of the... Because you're not going to trade for fucking... I'm not going to sign like Mike Hoffman or someone like that. So... I guess the other Sard's... one is still out there. It would be Thomas Tatar. Yeah, and something tells me that's not going to... See, this is the other <laughs> it thing. It seemed like they're kind of guy when they're out yeah, there. Yeah, which was... Leading money on PK specialists at the moment. Yeah, and that's what worries me about... I have a feeling that Brains Trust have sat down with the coaching staff and said, how do you think we can win? And I think they're going to attempt to win with low-event hockey, real low-event hockey, and pray for the elite talent that they've got, because they do have elite talent, to do all the scoring work. That's what they're going to rely on. Mm-hmm. And I don't like watching that. And that's what worries me about the way this team's tracking the play. Because if they can't if they can't move on from Jerry, they don't trust what they've got in net, even to Smith, I reckon, which I think is a bit silly. And they're going to try and play low event hockey, push everything to the outside, and uh, pray that their power play is good. Because their penalty kill won't save their ass. It, well, here's the thing. Their penalty killing save percentage was trash, which made Fair. their penalty killing trash. Um, they've really invested in PK guys, and you know, if you've listened to this podcast for any stretch of time, I just think it's foolish to um, pay that kind of money for for that. Um, it's, it's just misguided. You got to save your money. Um, for example, Josh Yowie, uh tweeted out something the other day uh, how Sidney Crosby should get more credit. You know, he, he was commenting on all the, the, the crazy contracts and everything and how Sidney Crosby, whether it's superstitious or not, his $8.7 million cap hit has done the Penguins a huge favor over the years. And Absolutely. It, it certainly has. But here's the issue, and it's been raised by other people. Um, other than myself, you know, he he did do the team right by by doing that. But what fucking difference does it make when you go spend it on Mike Matheson? 
What good is it when Connor McDavid takes a fucking pay cut and he's got Milan Lucic and Zach Cassian and, you know, name yeah, whatever other use piece the, of shit yeah. player they, they waste their depth. You have, to use, you have to use the space on something useful. I get what you're saying. So the time that they used Crosby space appropriately, 2015-16, on a Phil Kessel, a difference maker. They won two cups in a row. They got away from that. And now they're just between Rutherford and Hextall to a much lesser extent, obviously, because his sample is small. But, guys, Sidney Crosby took a pay cut to, to give Brock McKinn $2.7 million. Is that really, like... It must be really frustrating at times when you're the elite of the elite and you've not taken the max you could take and you that's go right. to the general manager. That's why you putting, take it. You're putting your faith in the general manager to be able to work around this extra cap space and understand what wins. And Yeah, just nuts, I reckon. Just nuts. So, yeah, I, I just... Um, people will make the point that the offseason's not over, and I agree. It is not over. But a lot of the the um, potential is going away. Like, teams are solidifying their rosters. You know what I mean? Like, yep. the big time-to-move stuff, expansion draft, entry draft, free agency, like, all those major milestone events in the offseason, and the expansion draft's never going to happen again. Like, do we really think it's going to go higher than 32 teams? I find that hard to believe. It's going to be a number. Like, that was a unique scenario. Um, And they sat on their hands. And I guess that was the complaint that a lot of Flyers fans had about Ron Hextall was exactly that. Not very active. I thought Brian Burke might, you know, (laughs) level that out. Uh, he's certainly not shy to uh, make moves, but they've kind of sat on their hands. They've kind of gone pretty boring. Um, Danton Heinen uh, is one of the signings they made. I don't have a problem with his, um, you know, signing a player like that at one year, one point one million. That's fine. Um, it's it's holistically why it's a problem not a Danton Heinen problem and but if they took if they took Heinen and Rodriguez and didn't do the Brock McGinn or if they didn't do it's the it's the three of them if they had one of the three of them if they did McGinn at the 2.7 but didn't have the other two I'd probably be a little more relaxed on it but the fact that they did all three you think about what that chews up in the salary cap and it's like these guys aren't really going to help you with, you know, wins above replacement or freaking goals per 60. You know what I mean? Like, none of that occurs at a high enough level to warrant the cap space chewed up with a team that was short of it. The Heinen one I probably liked the most. He had a 44-point year in Boston in 77 games. It was a few years back, but, like, you know, something happened There's there. There's a pulse. There's a pulse. Um, so it hasn't been that way in Anaheim. I, I cannot answer what happened. I looked at uh, a lot of the information out there. He fell off a cliff um, offensively. No idea um, what happened there. I was looking at oh. his even strength minutes. Stayed about the same throughout the last four years, about 12 and a half minutes every single year game uh so it wasn't like he went from 15 minutes to 10 or something like that he's right in that standard deviation uh range that it shouldn't matter so sure it's not just the fact he was with the ducks and they were just terrible and i haven't watched the ducks um lately so it that very well could be so i'm okay at 1 million fourth line player 44 point guy in the past sure that's not a bad gamble. 
but when you when you you know combine it all and Zach Aston Reese uh, still has to sign. Um, with it would team. not surprise me that that's where most of that projected cap space goes. Well, they're at two point five mil. Yeah, and they're going to sign him and Zah- him and Zahorna are the ones left to be signed. Yeah. And there it goes, because Zahorna, what you you can't really go lower than seven hundred k or seven fifty. No. Yep. Um. If Aston Reese comes in at 1.8, guess what? You're out. And you know what? Maybe they walk away from Aston Reese, which would be really weird. Um, yeah, I, I would rather have Aston Reese at 1.82 million than Brock McGinn, if I'm being honest. Yep. Because it's a he's a known commodity with Bluger. Um, for all the love that fourth line gets, um, Bluger and Tanev without Aston Reese, the numbers don't look as good. And when Aston Reese is with them, they look uh, great defensively. So it's always interesting who the driver of the line is at times, isn't it? It's not off the, It's not always who you think it's going to be. So, that's that with the players. I think Brian Burke was on the radio today talking about um, the goaltending, and wouldn't you know it, talking about it in a positive way, I believe. Let me try and find these quotes if I can. You see, that worries me. Tristan is the reason why we won the division. He's going to be a really good here in the future. He's going to be just fine. Okay. I mean, I'm not writing off Tristan Jari as an NHL goalie, but to, to, you got one or two years here left. Maybe zero, based on the moves they have and have not made. You're really going to go back to, like, just... And one of the worst goaltending performances I've seen in a playoff series. And, you know, ironically enough, the other person who's had the worst goaltending performances I've seen, um, we're going to talk about right now uh, Mark andre Fleury being traded for nothing. As a Vezina Trophy winner, he got traded for nothing to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they traded Ryan Reeves for a third-round pick, but the Vezina winning goalie, nah, we're literally not taking anything back. Um, or we're calling him before we trade him. That was a fucking dick move. Well, they've dick moved it a couple of times, Vegas, so it'd be curious to see whether players care about it when they make their signing decisions or not, whether they want to be treated like humans or like assets, like we treat them as. <laughs> well, they'll always have the benefit of the doubt because it's Vegas. And if you're a 20-something, like, I think you look the other way. Well, it is Vegas. It is a fun place to live. Um, so... Obvious reasons to bring Flurry up. Flurry does not want to play in Chicago. He's actually talked about retirement. Can't blame you, man. Chicago, no. piece of shit organization. I wouldn't be going there. It's an interesting little mess they've got themselves into at the moment. The, the, the sexual assault news that keeps coming out is not getting better. In fact, it keeps getting worse. Um, Patrick Sharp knew. Brian Campbell knew, Patrick Kane knew, um, that those were the allegations made by, I think, Nick Boynton with a lawyer this past week. Yep. Um, just a complete shitty fucking organization top to bottom. Fuck all of them. I Just disgraceful. Anyways, Marc-Andre Fleury, the opposite of that. Superb human. Like, he doesn't deserve to go there. I don't think that's why he's... I don't think that whole stuff is why he's saying he doesn't want to play. He's basically got two destinations in mind. 
the one that just jettisoned him off, and his former one who's looking for goaltending help. Well, that's the thing. You know how you just read out the quote? I've read around the place as well that they're not interested, and I'm like, you can't, be, you can't be seriously not trying to think about making it work. You've got this tiny little window left. Yes, Fleury's uh, playoff history <laughs> is littered with uh, ups and some serious downs, um, but he's just proven he can carry a team. I'm as I critical just, yeah. of him as a player as anybody out there. This is the right time to bring him back. It was pathetic the last few years when people are trying to maneuver him back because there wasn't a path. It didn't make sense. This one makes sense. Situations change. He's no guarantee to play well in the play. You can't, if you go in guaranteeing what he's going to do, you're going to have a bad time. But Absolutely. he is the defending Vesna Trophy winner, and deservingly so. He had a fantastic year. They have a need. The goalie market has passed them by. They sat on their hands. You really going Jari DeSmith? I think if Marc-Andre Fleury really wants to be a Penguin, he needs to play hardball with his... uh, <laughs> it's douchebag oh. agent Alan Walsh, Alan me on Walsh Twitter will do that a long abs- time ago. Alan Walsh will do that for him, no worries at all. Whatever you say about Walsh, he's in it for his players, without a doubt. Well, I, I don't know what uh, Walsh is up to. I can't. I, I'm, I've been long since blocked for my <laughs> criticisms of his client. Um, he's been rather quiet, which makes me think that he they're. They're thinking hard about what they want to do. Well, he got caught off guard, Flurry. Yep. Um, I mean, I don't blame Vegas for wanting to move on from him. I don't like how they did it. I guess the only thing, no. they, the, the problem, is they don't have him find out on Twitter. Other than that, yeah, drop his seven mil. You got yeah. Robin Lehner. You're fine. Yeah, it's not like they're going backwards. Like that's the it's it's the thing with the with the goaltending situation there. It was pretty clear that when they got Leonard and then signed him for the length of contract that they did with what was left on Fleury's, that this was always the decision they wanted to do. It was just how do you do it? And considering that he had a Vesna year, it's kind of hard to you know ship him off without there being a raucous disapproval of the process and then you completely root the process by <laughs> trading him he finds out on twitter not that he's even on twitter oh he's like, on they're all on you know don't what I kid mean. yourself they're on with their burners you know what i mean so i still think there's a path to Acquiring Flurry, I think it's How? the right move you, at the right you, time. Give, give, me, give me this path. You know I'm on Flurry board with has, you. Flurry has to hardball it. He has to refuse to play for Chicago. All right, so what assets did Pittsburgh give up to cap fit this in is probably more my scenario. If we run with the theory that Chicago Flurry does play hard. Chicago doesn't have a lot of leverage here, first off. They have a $7 million goalie who doesn't want to play for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Big cap. What is Flurry's AAV? It is seven mil, right? Yeah. What is Flurry's AAV at fifty percent retained? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's Jerry's. I get it. You, you do the one. Give him Philip Polander. Give him a prospect to eat the fucking fifty percent and just move on. But I don't think the Penguins want him. And it's somebody who wrote many a words on they should get rid of him. It's fine that he went. I am telling you, they do not have many good goaltending options right now. And Fleury's coming off of a great season. And he's hypothetically available and there's not much else out there. So, 
Yeah, I don't get it. You know. I mean, he's he's one of those things where I get there and go, I don't doubt that Rutherford would try to get him back. You know what I mean? Of all the times where Rutherford's completely screwed things up, now is where I want him back so my favourite player can come back and play at my favourite club. And it's like, oh, fuck you, Rutherford, you fucked us again. <laughs> yeah, they just, this, this particular group of management doesn't look like they want it. And... I think they're looking like they can actually do this hybrid bullshit of building the future and trying to win now. And they, Jim Rutherford put them past the point of no return. Yeah, you can't do it with what they've got assets. You're well, either you're in or you're, you're in out. Now. You're yeah, in Can't be half praise. Absolutely. You can't do half measures anymore. There was a time you could balance both, but Rutherford bled all those futures dry making lateral moves yes yeah, so, so this is the thing that's not on these guys no right? but it's, it's, they yeah. have to understand that they can no longer try and do both yeah you have to read the room do you want Sidney crosby and evgeny melkin and chris letang to keep pushing for a title even though the odds are you know only going to be diminishing and getting lower and or do you want to rebuild Personally, I'd rather let them ride it out as a group. And, you know, quite frankly, I think bringing Flurry back, who they're all close with, like, that would be a nostalgia thing. Fuck it, bring Phil back, too. He's, he's apparently available. <laughs> uh, I'd be bringing Jordan Stahl back. I don't think he wants Fuck. to play with... Get them all! Get them all! <laughs> no, no. My, 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 I suppose the thing for me is on top of this, right? We get there and it's... They, they can't... They don't have that ability now to... to play both ends of the stick on this they have to just go all in and just throw everything in until the guys retire right do you see Malcolm and Latang only extending through until 2024-25 which is when Crosby's deal ends I think they'll get um, three year deals or something like that maybe four right I kind of feel like if they all because they can go and look at re-signing now. They're in their last year of their contract. They can look at doing those things. Hextall said next month they're going to be looking yeah. at that. So. so I kind of sit there with this, and I legitimately wonder. I can't really see them legitimately leaving, but I do wonder if they use their contract negotiation as some leverage to try and work out what the hell they're actually doing. Like, you're right at the tail end of this thing. Malcolm's body's held together with freaking sticky tape. You don't want to be having your season die on somebody you don't trust in goal. That's all. I don't know whether it's the... Like, I'm not looking for either Burke or Hextall to bash. Oh, no, 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 no. publicly. Absolutely not. In fact, you know, the positive words ring hollow to me because what else are you going to say correct that's right um but a lot of the goaltending options that were out there like anti-ranta would have been one that i would have been all about at the price point i think he went to carolina is that correct Uh, i think so and for not too much money yeah two mil less than what jerry less than Less than what Jerry's. I mean, they also signed Tony D'Angelo, so you know it swings and roundabouts for Carolina. <laughs> All right, so I mean that's the flurry stuff, that's the Pittsburgh stuff. I guess we can talk about um, all the free agency. So if you want to start there, Dougie Hamilton left Carolina because they lowballed him, and they brought in uh, Tony D'Angelo for a mill, and they also brought in Freddie Anderson. Freddie Anderson, but who was the other defense? Was it another defense? Ian Cole. Oh, Ian Cole is the other one. So, they didn't want to buck up for Dougie Hamilton. And in a vacuum, getting D'Angelo for $1 million uh, with his on-ice uh, abilities, that is a good way to kind of redeem some of what they lost. 
but it's not in a vacuum, and there are morals and ethics to life, <laughs> and they are completely bankrupt. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a pivot. Is, is, is Raleigh below or above the Dixie line? Yeah, I, <laughs> I think it's, ah, boy, it's close. It might be just yeah. above. No, I think oof, it might be below. Yeah. All right. Enough said about that. Enough said about that, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> so the defense market in general, just completely bonkers, which you see all these defense trades and signings and everything, and you you got to wonder, could the Penguins really not move Mike Matheson in this environment, <laughs> right? Yeah, At the very that, least, though... Marcus Pedersen. Well, yeah, okay, so Pedersen to me is more likely to be moved than Matheson. They legitimately look at him as a number two pairing. He's Chris Letang White, who just makes more errors. That's how they view him. It's, it's just, it's the reality. They love the fact the man can skate his way out of his own problems um, and that he generates offense from the back end. That's what they love about him. And what you could tell them black and blue in the face, the team would be better off without him. And you'd, they'd have to get a ridiculous overpay to move him, I reckon. That, I mean, that's how they do it. I, I think it's nuts, but that's that's how they look at him. Dougie Hamilton gets uh, signed by the Devils for about $9 million. It's kind of a disappointing destination for me, if I'm being honest. Well, it's interesting. They sign him and then they get rid of Will Butcher to Buffalo. So it's like, are they running on an internal cap? I mean, the $9 million, I don't have problem with the Devils doing that. It's, um... You just don't like Because Subban is off the books after next year, and he makes yeah. $9 million. They have Ryan Graves. That was a good pickup. But, like, I don't see this team competing as far as... Uh, the... I don't know. I, I don't know. Seattle would have been a cool destination for Dougie Hamilton with all that fucking cap space instead of signing Alex fucking Wenberg. Yeah, I know. Uh, staying I don't know. In, staying I think... in Carolina would have been cool, except they like really lowballed him. Yeah. Look, I I reckon that Devils team is going to be better than you you think. I don't think they're like. No, no, no. I th- I think they're. Chance to get to the playoff, good. Yeah. And that's a tough divvy that they're going to have to play in. You know. If if the projection of all their all their good young guys moves forward the way they want them to, which is why they grabbed Hamilton. You know, they've gone right. This is the year that our guys are going to move forward. Yeah, and I think Jack Hughes do, is on a on a good track. He sure yeah. I like. Yeah. But after those two, like, what are we? talking about oh it's your run of the mill new jersey devils work hard you know all that kind of stuff it's yeah, amazing so how even yeah I, look, i'm not whatever about it not yeah not saying they're going to be great to watch just saying i think they'll leak out a lot of wins enough wins to be close to the playoffs at a minimum all right so that was one of the bigger signings last night zach Wierenski. Yeah, what is going on there there's Jesus not a house he can't Christ. buy in Columbus now. Uh, good grief. I get it because they've bled so much talent out the door. But, man, that is a hell of a contract. Um, what I will say is that Wierenski's numbers have bounced back. He was pretty good. They made the right choice between the two Yes. Defenseman. Seth Jones contract might be the worst contract in hockey in a couple years. He's underlying numbers are that bad. And people, I'm not saying Seth Jones will stay on that track. He might see a little bump up, but uh, he will never play at that cap hit. So, the thing for me is, they've got like $11 million in cap space still, even after doing that, right? The Blackhawks? So No, no, um, Columbus. 
Oh, the okay after Warensky. Yeah, sorry, uh, poorly worded. Um, there's been no rumblings of them having a crack at Eichel, has there? Actually, a little. Right. But nothing substantial that you'd go. Ooh, I, I mean, be, I've yeah. heard their name, but it's not. You know. Yeah. Like some of the other ones, but that market's, you know, cold right now. Sabers are playing with fire, as they say. Absolutely. I mean, I get it. You can't just rush that. You, you can't let teams lowball you. But that no movement clause is coming, and um, <laughs> they're gonna have to do something there. But uh, yeah. So yeah, Zach Wierenski got paid. Uh, the Flyers, man. Tell you what, good for the Sabers. They did, they did get a couple, or at least one victory, and that <laughs> was the Rasmus Ristolainen trade. Oh my dear lord! The first, the second for Rasmus Ristolainen, and it's for one year of Rasmus. So in my head, no, 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 it, no, it's not. It is certainly not. They did not trade to not give him his next awful contract, which that was the trade even worse. That was literally what I was about to say. Okay. They gave away Ghost only to spend more assets to acquire Ristolainen, who's worse, to pay him more eventually. And they've got, you know, I don't mind the Ryan Ellis idea. Yeah, that was fine, yeah. whatever. The, neg- the negative they're going to have is the tail end of that. But, you know, I mean, Drew's up at the end of this year. They've got to re-sign him as well. They they shipped out... Um, uh, yeah, I like Voracek. I could see his Facebook community's name in my head. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a definite change of the team. I like that trade a little more for Columbus, I think. I like Cam Atkinson. But his goal scoring has gone down a little bit. He's 32. And he signed for four more years, whereas I think uh, Voracek is only three more years, even though it's at a little bit more money, $8.25 million for Voracek and yeah, 5.875. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, he's now the highest paid player on their roster. <laughs> Yeah, the Ristolainen thing was so comical. Um, it just goes to show, like, how f- dumb Buffalo is. I'm pretty sure they could have got Nicholas Nikolai Ellers out of Winnipeg at one point for Ristolainen. Uh, I think they could have gotten Taylor Hall, not last year, Taylor Hall for the Sabres. Edmonton Oilers version Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still cleaned up on a trade with him, but they wasted so many years and time. They could have shaved off that money, gotten better assets. Jack Eichel might not want to what trade. What is it? What is it about? Because the, the management that wouldn't get rid of him didn't draft him. So like, um, who was the GM before this one? Tim Murray. The one before him. Then Botterill. Botterill, right. Botterill didn't draft him, right? But Botterill was adamant they weren't going to get rid of him. And I'm like, you've got no emotional attachment to this kid. What is it about him that makes you think that he is worth Ealers plus plus? Like, that's the bit that I don't understand. Yeah, Botterill fucked up. The O'Reilly trade was a Pagula thing. The, the yeah, no, no, that thing. one, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. That, the Ristolainen that, yeah. thing is when, you know, Botterill made his grave in Buffalo. Yeah. It I just, totally but it, just using him as an example, there are lots of, and it particularly seems to happen with big defensemen that they think are mobile, right? And they're almost, it's almost like they're a unicorn. So it's like, well, I can't give up a unicorn. I'll never get a unicorn again, but... Surely you can just see some numbers and go, you know what, maybe this unicorn isn't quite as good as we thought. Let's get rid of him while everybody else still thinks he's one. It's just, it baffles me. And you're right, they're lucky to have got out from under that. The interesting thing is, what do they do with Eichel? Because 
you know, he's technically a cornerstone player. You trade him away and you flub that. Your franchise is movable after that. (laughs) Nah, they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean, though. Here's how I would operate if I were Buffalo right now. I would operate under the assumption that Jack Eichel does not even exist. Yep. Start your rebuild. Pretend he's not even a part of it. Either on the team or traded. When you do make the trade, it's a bonus. You get these things. But they should be structuring all the other moves they make as though he does not exist anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So don't build your team on the hope of what you're going to get back on that trade. Build your team as if he doesn't exist, and you do the best you can with what you get. And I'm not saying that's like a great path, but this is the bed you're sleeping in right now. Yeah, I don't think they've got too much of a choice, really. So that's that. We're going to see how that plays out. We'll certainly be talking about uh, Jack Eichel down the road. Uh, Sam Reinhart was the other trade the Sabres made. That trade not as good as the Ristolainen one, in my opinion, because Sam Reinhart is underrated. He's very, he's a great, uh, he's a great, not not quite a star star. He's in that tier right underneath it. And to get, like, what's ultimately going to be a late first-round pick and a, and a whatever goaltender prospect, you know, that's deflating because, again, you make the Ristolainen trade and stuff like that sooner, maybe Eichel and Reinhardt don't want to leave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, one other team that is a disaster right now that I did want to talk about, the New York Rangers. Huh. I'll tell you what, we you know, we said our piece about the, the Penguins and how they haven't had a great offseason. They really wanted Chris Drury. They may have dodged uh, quite a bullet there. Yeah, Chris Drury well, has his head so far up his ass in this position. It really makes you wonder why they got rid of Scott Gordon and okay, why Tom Wilson continues to break Metropolitan teams' brains. Okay, so there's two reasons. Gordon wouldn't do what the owner wanted, and Drury will. So, Drury's just doing what he's told. Well, and tr- trying to find... we know, James Dolan, wonderful owner. He's, yeah. he's definitely very successful. Just just saying, it's the only... Well, it's not the only explanation. It could just be that he's, his head is so far up his ass that he thinks this is the right way to go. But he's All definitely... the grit bullshit. Yeah, All he's in. definitely got a directive from the ownership that's basically said, we are going to be tougher than what we were. And Tom Wilson has wrecked a second Metropolitan team. At least. Yeah. I think it would be really funny if the Capitals just healthy scratched them against the Rangers. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> so, that Goudreau signing is... Yeah. Okay, so let's... They let... They trade Pavel Buchnevich away, who's a really good top six winger. Yeah. For reasons I don't know. Well, we do he signs in St. Louis for four mil a year. Yeah, I know. That hurts. The Rangers were on track for a really... One of the harder things to do is rebuild on the fly. They almost got it. They they were there. Yeah. They did it. Got a little lucky. Well, uh, I'm not really high on uh, Kako and Lafreniere, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they it, but they got those picks and they made those picks, so you never know. Like... Top-end draft picks? Who knows? Kako's looking a little more suspect. I'll give Lafreniere a little more time. But, like, first overall picks, he was as underwhelming as... Alexander? Daigle? I think Alexander Daigle had a better career than people want to give him credit for. Yeah, no, I know, but he was very underwhelming at the top. As as a first overall pick, of course. Who was Um, the Edmonton Patrick Stefan? Yeah, actually, Stefan's probably right. Oh, God. Nail Yakupov. That's the one I was looking for. I don't think Lafreniere's quite that, but when you draft okay. number one overall, like, 
you gotta hit you, you, you gotta a hit a home run. Yeah, you gotta. You have to. It's it changes the franchise if the guy you pick's not. And that's the problem. But anywho, they got Panarin. They <laughs> yeah. got Zabinajad. They the like Kreider's still there. There's if you keep Buchnevich, um Adam Fox is a fucking Norris trophy winner. Uh, if Tony D'Angelo wasn't a complete pile of shit, like you, yeah, you know. yep, it was it was all aroundish, wasn't it? It was all almost right. So you trade for Barclay Goodrow and you give him three point five, three point six million, whatever. It, it, it's in for forever. Room. It's for forever. It's idiotic. It's the Stanley Cup tax. It's your cla- It's three point six four one for. Ever, as you said, one, two, three, four, five, six years. Um, is it six years? Is there a seventh? Does this there go over a, anymore? There might be a seventh. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it might just be the six. Oh boy, got lucky. Only six years instead of seven. Good for those Rangers. He's 28. He's just a blasé third-line player, and he was on a line with um, Gord and. Coleman, right? Yep. Who, who do we think was driving that line? Yeah, not I don't B, think it was not him. BG. It certainly wasn't BG. The thing for me is this Rangers team is all in until 2025-26, which is when Panarin's contract runs out. It's also when Troopers runs out. Well, that was a bad signing. <sighs> yeah. But they've still got to re-sign Zibanejad after this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see that one happening. Well... To, They're going to give him, what, nine mil? Yeah, I don't know. The, the thing for me is that the team from what it was building into to what it's looking like it's building into now, after the change of management, you've, if you're Zabanajad, you've got to sit there and go, you know, I'm going to be 29 when I'm signing my next contract. What environment do I want to play in? And, you know, Being in New York City at Madison helps. Square Garden is... It absolutely helps. But I'm talking more about on the ice more so than, than where you're living. So the compensation... It's, some of these are interesting. Well, you Greg Wazinski's always said, and I, I think it's a valid point, that's where my stuff is. Yes, I'll stay. Well, I'll talk to Fleury about wanting to stay, I suppose, where my stuff is. I get it. Yeah, it's a good point. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But yeah, this team was on path, a great path. I was worried about them creeping up and, and, and doing their thing. I <laughs> Third round pick for Ryan Reeves? Okay. How many times do they play the Capitals? Like, <laughs> you're really going to really yeah, do that, huh? Six, six games, I think. So they've done Maybe it for six games. That. So. Nutso! That's crazy and they're you know using up 4.4 million in buyouts for Lundquist, Shattenkirk, Girardi and D'Angelo uh, Brad Richards is on here but it says zero I don't know what that's all about oh Brad Richards I mean they have 13.6 million in cap space so it's not like they're up against it right now um, it's more so you know, Adam Fox is up next year. Yeah. He's on an RFA deal, winning the Norris Trophy. Um, Cal McCarr gets $9.5 million, and that's the best contract in hockey right now, period. Uh, amazing deal for the Evs. Um, uh, Capo Caco is an RFA. I don't know how much. Um, Being RFAs and... For both, obviously Lafreniere's the year after, but the way they played last year, if they play only a little bit better this year, the Rangers have all the leverage on on Capo this at, upcoming at RFA side. You would yeah. think. Yeah. But if this team's going to move anywhere, those two need to move the dial much closer to 10 than the three they are at. So, yeah. That's um, what they're banking on. <laughs> I think... Um, as we scatter around and talk about different uh, <laughs> lots of process this week lots to go on trying to fit it all in here uh, the Avs uh, kind of taking a step back here yeah but that was all, I couldn't see how they couldn't go backwards it's why you get to these 
you get to these teams that are that are good, and then you run into another team that's good, and a lot of your important pieces are coming up on their last, like they're in their last year of their deal. You never know what's coming what's coming back for the next season. Like you know, they just lost. Um, just as their goalie, um, they almost lost their captain in theory, which they managed well, to, to I, not do. I think do. they did right. Like the Landis Cog contract is not great, but they're they're in it to win it yes. now, and for three years he's still going to be a good player. I yeah, think. Absolutely. Um, losing Brandon Saad, uh, you know that was always going to be, I think, the path that was going to go down. Um, but at 4.5 million, it kind of um, that's a rough one. They have 5.1 million in cap space right now. I don't think they want to be up against it quite like that. Um, I I think the Grubauer thing caught them off guard, so they made the trade for Darcy Kemper. It's um, not a bad it's not a bad replacement, but it's Kemper's not been you know playing playing well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure. So, first round pick, conditional third, and Connor Timmons. And I can't recall if Connor was one of their better prospects. Prospects. I mean, I, his name. The, th- the, thing, the thing with the Avalanche is that, like you said, they're all in. And Should be. And they've probably got till 2022-23... Is that the McKinnon? That's the end of the McKinnon 6.3 deal. So yeah, that's a cheat code. <laughs> yeah, ever was one. Yeah, so this is this is the Avalanche's challenge, and it, it is interesting that um, you you do go. Why aren't you just throwing everything everywhere at this team for the next two years? Because you know McKinnon's salary is going to blow whatever structure you had planned out the window. You're not going to be able to do some of these things that you've currently got. You're going to have to discard some of those uh, uh, bit players that, that help you win Stanley Cups because they're going to need more money. So, you know, they've got Kadri for just this year as well. Like, that's a decision that they're going to have to work out whether they want to re up with him. I believe is another Yeah, and Burakovsky is another one that I quite like as a player. Um, this is a good team. This is a team that can win the whole thing, even without Grubauer. I still think they can win this entire product. The question is, if they don't, what happens after that, this upcoming season? That's the hard bit. They could really stand to lose Eric Johnson's $6 million. That would really be helpful. Yeah, I don't... He just, he just kept getting hurt, didn't he? I know, oh, he, I, thought he, I know he voluntarily lot. waived his no movement clause to help the team. Yeah. I think it might be one of those. He's such a good guy to have around that they're happy to fork the six million for it. But at some point, you do have to go. Really? So. Yeah. Well. Am I? Missing a oh Vancouver, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okey Connor Garland, good player. Giving him that his new contract a sliver under five million, totally fine. Good to get him. That's that's good. Uh, the bad Oliver Ekman Larson, pretty. He has one of the worst contracts in, in hockey right now. For the last three years, he's been bad. His reputation among the hockey men is still good. Uh, Jim Benning being one of them. <laughs> 7.2 million. One, two, three, four, five, six more years. He hasn't been good the last three. It's some somebody named Tucker Poolman. Apparently... A real player here. <laughs> Just got four years, two point five million, and to quote Bob McKenzie, that's per year. Um, <laughs> and like, 
Man. Jim Benning. Oh, Brandon Anchor. Sutter resigned. Cool. Well, I still got a song Pettison yet. I'll tell you what, Seattle can get out of my doghouse if they offer Sheetham and start that rivalry off right. That would be a good way to go about it, too. That's a very good point, Gunnar. It's a very good point. <laughs> or at least make the them sweat. Yeah. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Pedersen, oh, he, he's up right now now. Yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, he's due now. Like, All right. Let me no, they've, got, quick they've got 40. They've got, research. they got 14 they've got, million in caps. Yes. So you could oh, Quinn, offer Quinn Hughes them. is also an RFA, uh, but it was explained to me he's a different kind of RFA where he didn't play enough games in his one season to accrue some bullshit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, he so he can't be off a sheet. Oh. But, he, but he is going to get a raise. Yeah, but it would have been fun to watch Seattle off a sheet, both of them. <laughs> well, you'd have to figure out the draft picks and if they slot together. Uh, maybe I can... Uh, I'm not going to do that kind of work on a Travis Sunday morning. That. He, I remember back in the day he had a lot of clever ones to attack the LA Kings when they were going strong. He had the, the draft picks allotted in a certain way where you could, you know, make pitches for both these players and they can't afford both. And your draft picks, it would be the different ones. And I'm Oh, sure I see what you mean. Yeah, okay, I've got yeah, If you force them to pick one, not the other, and you get the other one. But, but the compensation up. has to be in such a way that yep. you're not using the same draft pick for each yep. offer. Uh, that's illegal. Yeah, somebody offer sheet Elias Pedersen. The Canucks are not in a good spot right now. And, um, you know, that's just what I would do, Seattle. If you're not going to do the Jack Eichel thing, fuck over your neighbors to the north and really kick off um, this rivalry. So, I think um, that would be a great idea. All right, I think that's it. I think so, for now. All right, cool. All right. Perfect. I am going on vacation then. <laughs> right yeah. after this podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah. There won't be a podcast next week because I won't, I won't, I'm, a, I'm out of town. <laughs> so, um, we'll be hey, at least you didn't. At least you didn't tell me that on Twitter. So, thank you very much for letting me know. Yeah, I'm. Sometimes I, uh, not the best. No, um, it's more a matter of it's not Vegas and you t- you telling me there's no more. Um, so that was a lot. I hope it was, uh, it was enjoyable. It's an interesting time of year. Uh, there's still obviously big name players like Eichel to be moved. It'll be interesting to see how things play out. We'll see if the Penguins do anything. Can they do anything? Um, and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys. See ya. Thank you.